So uh, jumping off Matt Lund getting the record now. Yeah, that was awesome. Matt Lund leading record, right? That was awesome. I'm not 100% sure what he's got now. I think he's got over 4,400. Um, the record was 4,300, and he got to obviously 4,301. Um, so yeah, congratulations. That's an awesome deal. Um, I mean, it shows his accountability, durability. I mean, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, being a good running back. I mean, it shows that he's been playing a lot of football for Elgin. Um, but one of the coolest things that I saw in the whole deal was after the game being in the coach's office and it just kind of showed what kind of kid Matt was, walked in after it was over with and stuck his head and said, hey, I want to thank all y'all because without, without y'all, I wouldn't have did this. Um, so, I mean, I thought – yeah, the record's great and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, just for him to have the wherewithal to kind of stick his head in there and tell it to the coaches kind of showed me kind of what kind of kid he was, not only just a football player. So, amazing. congratulations to him. That's amazing. a huge, huge feat. Yeah, and it's cool because we've seen him from Morale to middle school football player for us to outstanding high school football player, and he's probably got a lot of football left in him. He's awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's got three, three regular season games left, and – and uh, hopefully three to four playoff games left. So, I mean, there's a possibility he can he can get to five, uh, which would be which could put him in a stratosphere where nobody will ever catch him. But uh, right, right. But just congratulations to him. Congratulations to his family, the O line, coaching staff, everybody. I mean, that's a that's a deal. It's not just, that's a that's beyond just one kid. Right. Um, obviously, you need an offensive line in front of you to get yardage there. I mean. Last week when we had Tomer on, I mean, he talked about it a little. Like he, he, it was special to him because he was there for every single one of those yards. And I mean, obviously, it was a big deal, Adam Castro, because he, he was sprinting from the box and yeah. hopped over the fence yeah. to get on the field to make sure that he yeah. was able. People to, need to understand the feat that Castro did jumping over that. Field. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, it's a big risk. And I'm surprised not, that not a a, uh, I'm surprised that ACL's still there. Yeah, and he, uh, he was like, "Yeah, I did it up and down." I said, "Good yeah. night." We got to look at the film on that one. <laughs> well, Cody, you've been there for from for all that too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Uh, I've got to watch Matt on the journey from freshman and uh, taking on a big responsibility then, and uh, just growing and getting stronger. And uh, some college out there is going to get a really good football player too with Matt Lund yeah. and. Uh, that's a that's something I can't wait to watch to see in his future. He's he's yeah. been a good one, man. When it comes to running backs and just overall football players and just uh, good people to be around in, in uh, the Elgin football community. Well, just his jump, and I mean, Coach Wyatt talks about it all the time. Kind of in in the media, I mean, just his jump as a running back from junior to senior year is 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 pretty remarkable. Um, I mean, now, I mean, every time he touches the ball, it's Mm-hmm. You're just sitting on pins and needles, saying, "Okay, is he going to break it?" Um, well, he broke the record in the the second quarter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, he hasn't played a full game yet. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, so we're we're seven games in. He's probably played fourteen quarters, maybe. Because I mean, I don't know if he's seen any action really in the second half. But it, there's it, been several games where there's been right. no second half action. Right. Out so I mean, he's and, uh, he's already. I don't know if he's out, over a thousand already for the year. Um, but he's, if not, he's close to it. Hell, the, um, the first Anadarko game, he didn't even play the second quarter, did he? Dude, it, 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 so. it was yeah. quick. It was quick. He's a uh, like like y'all are saying, just the the explosiveness and the availability of him to do any anything at any time now with his element with the passing game and everything yeah. else. You know, yeah, that's right. one thing that he's added this year that's helped a lot. And I think will help him 
recruiting wise too. I know he doesn't have the amount of offers that you would think a kid of that talent does at this point, but I think colleges will start to come as we get closer to signing day and the end of the year. But that added dimension of now him catching the ball out of the backfield, I think will help him in recruiting because, you know, I'm sure some coaches look at him and say, hey, may, he might not be a running back at the next level. He may be kind of one of those slot guys or something like that. That's so. what I was about to say too. I was, I was going to ask you, how, how does that work out when it comes to recruiting me? You got, you got a good kid here. He's intelligent. He loves to play football. He's all around good kid. He's a good human. Is that what the recruiters look like? like what, what, you may not be the running back, but maybe you're a hell of a slot receiver. Yeah, they'll look at his feet work, and they'll look at they'll look at they'll look at the way that he. Um, obviously, like I said, now he's catching the ball out of the backfield. Some previously, I mean, it was just kind of that little wheel route that's all that we threw yeah. to him. Now we're kind of throwing the ball to him on some swing routes and some screens. Still that wheel route, so you can see him. Eye hand coordination is fine there as far as catching the ball. Um, like I said, so that could translate also could translate to maybe a safety or a cornerback spot because of his speed and kind of quick twitch ability. Um, like I said, I don't know how much he weighs, but 170, 180. I don't even know if he's up to that point. <laughs> if he was no. yeah. yeah. too dead, yeah, we would be having a different conversation. No. But and, uh, that, So that may scare as far as the every down running back kind of deal. Um, right. So he may have to. But, I mean, like you said, I mean, being a good kid, being a student in the game, being smart, being a captain, all that stuff gets looked at by, by coaches big time. Yeah, I think uh, with him, too, and I'm not real big in knowing the ins and outs of football recruitment, but with him, I would think uh, when you have some of that speed and that football uh, awareness, you know, just being able to understand the game of football, you'll find a place for him. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I know that's a big shout-out to Coach Castro and Coach Wyatt, too, I think, with the offensive game plan. Like, they are really good job at utilizing the weapons they have, and they realize, like, real quick at the beginning of this season, like – we knew Matt was special, but like, all right, let's uh, utilize him to the max. And uh, well, to kind of piggyback off of that, so one of the, David Dillingham sent me the stat of the week this week, and one of the, so we're seven games in, seven games into it now. Not all of them are on offense because obviously we had Chase Spencer with the defensive touchdown. God, that was awesome. that was an awesome yard. play. Yeah. Um, and Brody's had the punt return and some other things like that. But at this point, seven games into the season. 18 different Elgin Isles have scored a varsity touchdown. That's crazy. That's super cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's, that, that's, that's, that's a pretty crazy feat when you actually think about it. And especially yeah, like I said, all seven though. games in. I you think got, that uh, like, uh, translates too, to like we have a bunch of kids that understand football. You know, when you have kids out on the field that understand the game of football and they understand like – you get that ball into the end zone. Like, that's how you score points, and they're right. all hungry to do that. They all want to be exciting playmakers, and you build that formula of teaching the kids the right things, you know, at the right age. And, uh, shoot, 18, that's a lot. Dude. Yeah. That's a cool. Well, and, and you don't – there's – I can't think of one single time during any game that you've seen any type of selfishness either. No, absolutely not. Um, I mean, yeah, I get everybody, oh, well, they're 7-0. Why would you be selfish? There's a lot of kids out there that would be – that. Uh, Matt Lund could easily be selfish with, with Ritz and getting some of the carries that he gets. And Ritz and, you know, could be selfish about some of the uh, carries that Antuna and some of those guys get. But you don't ever see it. You don't see any of that stuff. It hasn't been a, been a problem in the locker room or anything like that. So that's a testament also kind of to right. to the mindset of the entire team and the coaching staff. It's not a factor, like – in our our locker room at all I don't feel like and like it's all the way up into our leadership 
on the team with like Mike Adesola. You look at somebody right. that's completely selfless on our right. team. There's a list on and on and on Mike could go over about, you know, not having touchdowns and stuff like that. But like you, you would never, ever even hear a word out of that man. That man's like telling me when the game's 40-something to nothing, Coach, I can't wait to show you my blocking on this drive. Like he's telling me that on the sideline. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like, well, and you I mean, that's a selfless, selfless person that understands the concept of the game way more than the concept of myself. You know? Well, and I mean, and people are looking at him still like because of those genuine quality purposes of him as a human, you know, yeah. not, not his highlights, you know. Well, and I don't think people understand at home a lot of times how much his blocking on the outside springs Matt's long runs, Ritson's long runs, Brody's swing passes and things like that. I mean, you know, you see you see Matt, you know, take off running and there's nobody there and everybody, oh, well, Matt's just so fast he just outran everybody. Not always because, I mean, Mike's out there. I remember a run early in the year. I mean, Keith's out there yeah, 20 I mean, yards downfield as well. So, I mean, all that type of stuff is pretty cool to, to, to kind of touch on the kind of the unselfishness of – playing through the whistle and, and, you know, doing your job on this play. I know I've got to be a blocker, so I'm going to block to the best of my ability. I'm not going to salt because I've only got one catch on the day or Just, whatever else. He takes it personal when it's when it's time to go block. He wants to be that dude in there blocking, you know, and that's a, that's we found a true captain in the team when we named him one of the captains, you know, and that's like that's a very uh, – those are, those are hard to find. That's awesome, and I think this is a good transition into the Week 7 honors. Black flag bearer, Michael Adesova. Yeah, absolutely, and I know uh, Jack will piggyback just on that mindset that Mike has and what he represents, and it represents Jack down to the core, I feel like, and, and the defense and the philosophy and everything. You know, you look at somebody, and it's Mike, you know, and – just week after week with that award too, like I'm like, dang, how's Jack gonna pick one? You know, right. because they're all out there freaking they're battling. You know, it's it's a big honor to get that on our team. You know, and kids are doing everything they can to show they're uh, worthy of that. And shoot. well, it's a cool deal too, because like I said, you lead the team out. You're yeah. kind of that. You know, I know it's a defensive kind of award, but at the end of the day, you're leading the full team out there um, under the smoke and all that kind of stuff. So I mean. But yeah, there's nobody more deserving than Mike. I mean, he, like you said, I mean, constant, does everything right, does everything right in the classroom, does everything right off the field, on the field. I mean, like you said, I mean, couldn't ask for a better role model. No, and, and like I said, Josh last night on OSN, I mean, you know, you know, what's your brother like? Well, he's kind of like a role model, you know. And if, <laughs> and if your, your brother, who's a year younger than you, says that, I'm sure you're doing something right. Because usually those brothers that are a year younger are like, screw that, dude. I want to yeah. beat his ass. You yeah. know? You're absolutely right. <laughs> um, but for him to say, uh, he's, you know, he's kind of like a role model, I mean, shows, you know, the admiration not only the team have, but even his own brother. Um, yeah. That's a pretty cool deal. Yeah, they knew the family dynamic and how close they were as a unit and just how good of a, of a family and asset they were to our community, you know, and yeah. people would really, really love Mike more than they do, you know. I think the people that know them, too, they, 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 they could learn a lot, too. I mean, that's a good example to set, you know what I mean? One thing that I've always done is look at other people and try to, hey, man, maybe I should be doing that. Well, and I said it last week, too. I mean, in his little, you know, homecoming spiel, yeah, everybody else just kind of had jokes and yeah, whatever else. Yeah, and everybody else had jokes and whatever else. I mean, it's homecoming. It's all fun and games. But Mike had to make sure, hey, I want to 
truly thank my mom for all the sacrifices she did for our family. Yeah, and that's what kids should be diving into instead of the YouTube and all that other stuff. <laughs> TikTok. And, yeah, instead of that, go dig into some Mike out of solo like videos or whatever he's got going on because he's a fantastic dude. And we need to get him. We need to get him. We need to get a video of him playing the piano. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's good at everything. He's fantastic. I know he plays at his church. And yeah, does all that and piano. Do you wish to play piano? Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the lessons. What's today, Wednesday? Yeah, yesterday. Once a week. <laughs> once a week now for like two years. That's one of the things I wish I would have thought of. Like I just never thought of doing that. I, I, I don't have a musical bone in my body. But I don't either. <laughs> I played the trombone in fifth grade, and that's about it. My I had a really good buddy that uh, his dad tried to get me to play Stairway to Heaven on the guitar, the, the background, you know? Mm-hmm. Just because it's supposed to be the simplest thing, like just the, the background. You got no beat. My dad tried he to. He gave up. <laughs> my, my dad played in bands and, and all that kind of stuff, just kind of little garage bands and things. And, and that's his guitar over there. And uh, I just never, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, oh, no, that's not cool. I'm a sports guy. That's kind of <laughs> how, that's how and I looking back on it, I'm like, damn, that was dumb. I should have learned how to play the guitar. Oh, man, exactly. I got a sidetrack. That's, that's exactly <laughs> how I am, though, because like, I would love to be musically talented to play the guitar like Coach Langford, you know, and uh, oh, yeah. I get behind yeah. on here playing, you know. No, but uh, that's something that me and Alyssa tried to, uh, or Alyssa and I try to share with our kids and give them some things that we wish we would have done when we were a little bit. 100%. Uh, okay, so cut really back here. I'm like, I missed something there. Uh, that's what we're Practice for. player of the week. Yeah, we got Stan Tass. David Cardoza. Yeah, David Cardoza, he. Uh, he was a kid that just came into school and was kind of a soccer kid at first, but then decided to play football and stuck around and has played a lot of scout team for us and is a fantastic scout team running back. He takes a lot of licks back there from you know who yeah, um, with all them dudes. And uh, he's there every day, does things right, and uh, it was good to be able to reward him for what he does every single week for us in practice. Well, I just left practice. And, I mean, I, those, those kids that played the scout team both on the offensive side and the defensive side, I mean, really – take pride in it and really push to kind of, it seems like to push to get that award. Uh, Cause it's a big deal. I mean, like you said, if you're a scout team guy, obviously you're not playing that much on Friday nights yep. outside of, you know, a lot of them might play probably a lot more this year than they thought they would with some of the scores and things. But I mean, to go out there with the captains and kind of see how all that goes and, and things like that. Like I said, I didn't know too. Some of the freshman kids that have gotten named it weren't planning on dressing out and, and got to dress out for that game because they were that scout team player of the week. So I mean, it's a cool deal that that we honor those that we honor a kid every week for that because I mean, a lot of thing a lot of times that goes kind of it's an unsung deal and kind of something that doesn't get seen by the public how much those guys really mean to you yeah people don't see kind of the ins and outs especially with that kind of freshman group we're fortunate enough as a team to have numbers where we don't have to suit up every freshman on right. friday night to look like we have a huge team right and to be had to have the depth that we need but the ins and out of every single week pushes us in positions where we might have to suit kids out that didn't suit out the week before then do you let the kid that suit out the week before suit back out and I know uh, it's just kind of an in-and-out dynamic, but that's healthy as a team. We yeah. need that, you know. And then for kids to see that outlet, you know, all right, practice player of the week, I'm guaranteed to suit out, you know. Right. So, yeah, yeah they make you bust your butt every single day. Well, I mean, you're only as good as your scout team. Because yeah. at the end of the day, if your scout team can't run the place from the card and can't get lined up and things like that, I mean, you're not helping the kids that are out there playing every down on Fridays. Um 
And I mean, I'm sure, like, I'm sure you notice it some at the at the middle school level and things like that. I mean, that's hard to run a scout team with. Oh uh, yeah. So I mean, so once they <laughs> kind of right here knows. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. One, I mean, so once they get to high school, you you know, you want to be able to run that scout team because it's so important to your overall success. I got one that trumps it all: first and second grade scout team. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. There you that's go. That's herding cats right there. Yeah. <laughs> but y'all had a good year. Yeah. It was Congrats. Good, man. It was Made good. it to the playoffs. We'll go to the playoffs, slug it out this weekend, try to make it in the Super Bowl. So it's Tuttle. A, Tuttle Tigers. Play Tuttle this weekend. Rematch. They beat us earlier in the season. Well, Sixteen to nothing. Yeah. So it was there. a tight game. Our defense is pretty solid. We hope we can shut them down and then maybe score some points. Yeah. So. We came out a little slow. I think yeah. if we come out against Tuttle. We got a chance. Like we talked about before, it's hard to get them boys going at nine o'clock in the morning. So, well, especially this week when we have to travel to Newcastle, it's yes, a little bit more difficult. Yes. But it is what it is. Go first grade. That's right. That's right. <laughs> first, second grade. That's where I'm headed right after this on the ground every single day with that. Man. I gotta ask a question about that. I don't want to because I want to keep it on time, but I gotta ask a question about that. Do you think there's a difference between uh, start time? Right. I've noticed some of the kids do better. When they start in the latter part of the day, I've seen teams not do too good starting later, and they do better. And I've seen teams that did better starting morning, and they didn't do later. Yeah, and like that just kind of depends on how your family structure is. You know, I try to talk to families that are within our team and say, "Hey, you've got to change your schedule if they're not a morning person." You know, we got to be able to get up and get around, and then, but still, we're having practice at seven o'clock at night for kids. You know, and just we can't emulate the nine o'clock in the morning thing really unless we're practicing on a weekend and you don't get much time for that right. in the preseason right. and uh yeah there's definitely a different like correlation with that i feel like and it just uh it depends on your family structure for me personally yeah i could play a game at six o'clock in the morning and i'll coach you to death right there you know? <laughs> if i have to coach you at midnight i'm gonna be looking bad you know <laughs> yeah it was kind of a mix i mean uh, even not just the young kids but even even kind of like the college age kids, I mean, sometimes you'll start those games at 10 o'clock in the morning yeah. and you'll have games at 7 o'clock. So sometimes it's cool to have those night games because you're under the lights, but I mean, then you also run the risk of sitting there all day. Yeah. <laughs> you got to figure out something. Yeah, you got to figure out something to do. Um, so, I mean, consistency is the best part of it. And that's the one thing that I do like about the first second grade team. I mean, every Saturday is 9 o'clock. You know, it's at 9 o'clock. Yes. So once you kind of get that structure in place like you said i mean the family dynamic comes into play if you get that structure in place i think you're okay but yeah sometimes it's it's, it depends on the road trip too so it depends on where the house played the night before (laughs) yes that does that does play play a little my team have older siblings yeah cheerleaders or somebody they're involved with on the night before so it's just it's a community effort (laughs) (laughs) all right so coming back captain jack angelo uh, yeah, just uh, filling in our rotating captain spot with Jack, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what else I can really say about Jack and just his role and effort this season uh, has translated more to the practice room or to the practice uh, field and to uh, off the field and everything else. Just as his mindset is business, you know, a lot of times. Right. And you know, b- beforehand we maybe had to get Jack a little more focused than other kids and had to talk to him about his pattern or his uh, schedule you know and uh, he's done a good job of cleaning all that up this year he realizes the significance of that and the importance and uh, he's just uh, he's been a great leader and a role model for you know the younger kids and uh, that's a it's good for our team to have him in that leadership role model that role spot you know yeah I mean he's had a great year all year I mean he 
like I said, I mean, him coming off that edge is is fun to watch because um, he's so quick in there, um, and he uses his speed and he uses his Gumby stretchiness <laughs> a lot to his advantage, and uh, and I think I think he's one of the one like one he's one of the few that kind of only plays one way, um, so he's able to focus one hundred percent on kind of that DN spot and does like I said, I mean, he does an absolute great job for us there, and he's and un- uh, unorthodox is the way yeah. I would say like he's very unorthodox to everything he does, and uh, it works for him. Well, and coming off the bus, there's no way you would think he would be a D line. No, no, you, know? you think oh he's gonna go try to jump catch a ball over our head because he's right. a giant you know, right. he's 8 feet tall out there right. and 80 pounds but he he's... uses he uses his speed he uses like I said that stretchiness that bendability and things like that kind of around that edge and, and he's always in the backfield um, and I mean like I said it, it gets seen a lot on pass plays but I mean he's in the backfield and run plays where he might not be the one that's making the tackle but he has messed the entire timing up of everything where Colin and Ritson can kind of come on there and clean things up. So yeah, he's, he's a huge, huge asset to the defense. And, and, uh, and like I say, I think this is the second time in two games kind of being named a captain by the coaches. So, I mean, that's a, obviously the coaches see his importance and his leadership skills and what he means to the team and things like that. Absolutely. All right. So moving on to the, we seven players of the games, right off the bat, let's start with the offense. That was double line. The whole offensive line. That, that's a that's very fitting. Um, all the hogs, baby. Yeah, all the yeah. Hogs. And they're not usually individualized, uh, so it's it's cool to get to see them all named. Obviously, you could you, every week you could almost give it to Matt, um, but like I said, Matt will be the first to tell you he doesn't get the yards that he gets or gets that record without without those guys up front. I hope that just speaks to like our whole mindset and philosophy, like as a program, you know, as that people see from the outside, that's what we value, you know, mm-hmm. is those people that are doing the work in the trenches, you know, and I think that's what coach Castro is always trying to relate to everybody else. And, uh, that's what I definitely feel like, you know, and, uh, you have to have them dudes to make everything work. And, uh, Matt appreciates them, and of course we couldn't do it without him and all the amazing stuff that he's good at. But to make it function, you know, that's the core and that's the heart, you know, right yeah. there. And that unit works so well together with just uh, the group they have. And uh, I don't know, that's all Coach Castro. You know, he's he's awesome. Well, if we're gonna if we're gonna get to the places where we want to get this season, playing in week you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and beyond. It's going to start with those guys on their backs. Um, yeah. I mean, we know we we realized that last year in the Guthrie game. Yep. I mean, you know, I mean, this year we really haven't ran across somebody that's punches in the mouth on the on the defensive side. I mean, um, El Reno gave us a pretty good challenge in the first half, more offensively uh, against our defense, where our offense kind of was able to to handle them whatever way we wanted to. But if we're going to beat the Guthrie's and it, obviously we got to get through the regular season, but if we're going to get to where we want to go and make it through the first round, second round, you know, into the semis or whatever, it's going to be on the back of those guys. Um, so it's cool to see them getting named as a group um, because like we, when we, when we had coach Castro on, I mean, those, you know, they're, it's, it's kind of one singular, <laughs> it's a unit. Uh, we, yeah, we named the Rough Rider of the Week and whatnot, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, that's five, you know, that's a fist. I mean, you need all five of them to, to create the big punch, um, yeah. and they do a good job of of, of it. And like you said, Coach Casher is an 
amazing offensive line coach. <clears throat> Congratulations to those guys and and looking forward to seeing how they can continue for the rest of the year. That's a cool a cool fact about the offensive line. I guess. <coughs> Why I uh, also like a big fan too. Like everyone that I've had on the starting offensive line, they've all been in the wrestling room in their high school career at some point. You know, they might not have finished out. That Keith, you know, was in there for a year, and Carson was in there for a year to start, and then all the other ones, you know, are still in there hooking it up, getting after it. You know, so had all of them in there working with them in, in that aspect. So very proud of him. Well, naturally, I would imagine, I mean, explain to us a little bit about like how offensive line play and defensive line play translates to the wrestling mat. Uh, your footwork, we kind of talked about before with your footwork and just right. being able to move with your feet and hands at the same time. And then especially the hand fighting aspect, you know, Coach Baker lets me help out the defensive line a little bit and we work on the hand fighting aspect of being able to clear hands and get to angles and stuff. And, that translates a lot to the wrestling mat and wrestling mat to football field, and it's a good uh, good dynamic. And like wrestling is one of those kind of unsung sports too. You know, you don't get a lot of glory and fame and recognition, and that's kind of the the motto of the. But usually, line, you know. But usually, if you show me a good wrestling program, usually a football program, if you have crossover. Usually, you've got a pretty good football program, too. I mean, yeah, I a lot like. of people have said, you know, build a wrestling program, you know, get your football team team better. Uh, if you have a lot of crossover. Now, sometimes, you know, there's some football coaches out there that are, you know, I want my football kids football 100% of the time, football and track. Or you fight the powerlifting uh, battle in some of the schools. Right. You know, and, like, I get it. There's kids that specifically are in there for that and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got to have some sort of outlet for them, but to push your kids into not competing into something in the winter, I mean, I feel like it's foolish as a a coach, you know, and as somebody that's trying to get a program up and running, our, our coaches did a great job of emptying out the off season. You know, there's, there's no kids that come to off season football unless like there's a real reason why you're in there. And, uh, that's good. That's a good thing to have. I mean, and well, it's good for the kids too. Cause like you said, I mean, you're learning to compete throughout the year. I mean, when you're in the weight room, yeah, you're learning. You know, I mean, you're learning a lot in the weight room. You're getting stronger and things like that. But I mean, there's no substitution for competition. No. Um, and then what you learn from wrestling, what you learn from baseball, does translate to football. Yes. And and track. You know, we have a lot of kids. Yeah. That if you're not speed. anything else, we send you to track off season. John's in there running the hell out of them. You right. Know? And not running them like distance wise, but he's teaching them how to run. You're right. Teaching speed drills and stuff like that that we need in our program, and that was really instrumental. I'm sure. Chalmers talked about before, you know, yeah. with that program. Well, and you look at, and I mean, that one thing that gets lost on parents, I mean, kind of in the daddy ball AAU era we're in right now, I mean, people start, I'm going to specialize my kid at eight. Right. Like, why? <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, and I mean, you, then you go to like an NFL draft, a major league baseball draft, you know, and they, you know, the stats come out and, you know, 31 of the 32 Guys that got drafted in the NFL first round played multiple sports in high school. Yeah. I mean, so why uh, you know same thing because they're bored most of the time. Yeah. And same thing in the ba- and same thing in the baseball draft. So it's like why are we why are we you know why are we specializing at eight? Because um, at eight years old, I mean, you don't know what sports you're going to be good at as you get older. And like I said, the more you compete, the more competitive you become, and the more winning becomes, you know, more more of a, a a big deal and and 
I mean, that's my advice. I mean, yeah, I know no, as many it, sports as possible. Obviously, you don't want them to get in the way where they overlap and you're not practicing and whatnot. But I mean, and a lot of kids you don't want to see nine folks. months out of the year. No, like you don't need to coach that kid that long throughout no. the year. Because no, they need a break from you yes, as much as you yeah, need a break like from them sometimes. A, it's one of those dynamics where, like, all right, it's good to go get coaching from somebody else. Let them deal with however you handle coaching and see how you adapt to them. And I don't know, just to take, I try to do that with with Waylon a lot, you know, to push him off on other people and just be like, hey, man, this is not me. You got to go take coaching from them. And if you don't react yeah. right, like, they're going to get on to you. you Dog, know? and I, I do the same thing with Dax, man. You know what I mean? Because uh, your kids are going to listen to other people probably more uh, than you. Uh-huh. I mean, that's just the way it is. Might be, it might be the same exact message, but, but yeah. it also helps. And it's also cool that the coaching staff as a whole, not just football, the whole Elgin coaching community does kind of communicate. Yeah. Um, so you guys, you know, know how to, you know, Hey, this works with me. This works for this kid for me. And I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure you talk to other coaches about some of that stuff. Sometimes like, Hey, he's a knucklehead sometimes for me. How do you get through to him and this, that, and the other. And I mean, you got to learn the kids a little bit better too. All right. Jumping back into it. Defensive player of the week. Richard Mark. Yeah, Ritson was all over the field tackling people. He had a ton of tackles, and uh, every time we looked up or every time I was looking at, like, even the highlight film, you saw Ritson tackling somebody yeah. on there, you know, and uh, he, he did a great job just knowing the assignment and uh, being where he's supposed to be and being a great athletic linebacker that he is, man. Yeah. And uh, not only scoring touchdowns, doing his role on offense, you know, he's a, he's a hell of a linebacker. Yeah, he's, uh, absolutely. I mean, he's he's all over the field, and a lot of it starts with the guys up front, um, and a lot of it, a lot of it's assignment of football too. I mean, a lot of it is yeah. designed for him and Colin to make a lot of plays. Um, but J, but it's Jace holding up, you know, or Shea getting to the outside to making him cut up an inside and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rick, what can you say about him? I mean, he's as athletic as they come. Um, and like I said, sometimes he's not – I mean, you can ask Coach Baker, sometimes he's not always in the right spot. But, I mean, he finds a way with his athletic ability to make plays that that most high school linebackers, especially most sophomore high school linebackers, do not make. Um, so it's going to be fun to watch him grow. Because, I mean, he really hasn't played that much football yet. No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, a, I mean he's done some great things for the football team. But, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah. I mean – he hasn't played as much football as Colin Donnelly has. He hasn't played as much football as some of those, you know, the Crabtrees and some of those guys because he's a year younger, um, grade younger. Um, but uh, so it's going to be fun to see him kind of because he's gotten a lot better from last year to this year. Yeah. So it's going to be fun to watch the next two years how how good he can get. He's learning every week. You yeah. Know, ins and outs and. I don't know. There's something to be said about like junior high football. Like he had a lot of success in junior high football and stuff and not necessarily he wasn't trying to play the assignment in junior high football, but you can get away with a lot when you're a bigger, better dog and then everybody else out right. there, you know, and, uh, well, and talking to Lance when Lance was on a couple weeks ago or two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever that was like, like you said, now he's starting to learn football and not that he's starting to learn football, but, wanting to know why yeah understanding all right this is why yeah. this is happening this is why i'm being coached this way you know this right. is this is happening because it's, it's it's exactly like so once he put yeah once he's able to put the 
the athletic ability along with the why and the then it, it then it could get scary. Yeah, man, he, he's a young cat though. I mean, at the end of the day, he's been pushed into a leadership position since he started high school football. You know what yeah, I mean? based on his abilities. So I think I don't know. I think he's gonna get a lot of knowledge out of that. You know, it's just different. Like y'all said earlier, sometimes kids have to get practice player of the week to suit up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, freshman, yeah, freshman, freshman, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he walks in. Yeah, he walks in as freshman so, being the dude. And I mean, yeah, that comes with a different set of. A, it comes with a different set of of goals for you as you get older in the program, but it also comes with, you know with a different set of eyes on you too. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So I mean, yeah, yeah, we've asked a lot of him, but I mean, we've also, I mean, when you look at the team as a whole, I mean, the team that's now sophomores, juniors, and seniors were asked a lot more of the kids that are freshmen, eighth and freshman grade grades now yes. because the cupboard was kind of bare. Um, but that goes back to the building, the program side of things now. And the cool thing about it is we have gone, kind of gotten out to a good start and gotten some of those kids that we didn't know were going to get as much reps this year on Friday nights under the lights, a lot more reps than we thought we would. And that's only going to help them in the future. Yeah, and that's just like a testament to Colin and them dudes as freshmen taking some of them beatings in there, you know, and uh, right. being able to – to endure that as a as a class, and then to kind of set the tone growing up from there, you know. And uh, thankfully now, because the program's been set like that, those kids aren't having to pay those like con- not consequences, but like the dividends that Colin or the uh, investment that Colin and all of them had to initially. You know what I'm saying? By going in there and taking those beatdowns, like we had right. some rough seasons, you know. Right. And not so much with with them with their freshmen. I think we were four and six that year, but I guess still that's a tough year compared to what we're doing right now. Right. You know, and uh, they did a good job of uh, sticking together as a class and seeing the big picture, and they're getting to reap their benefits of that, and the younger classes are getting to reap the benefits of that. Well, I think that also will help us as we move forward into some of these tougher games. I know a lot of people uh, – one of the questions that have been asked to me by outsiders is – well, what are y'all going to do when y'all get into that, you know, 21-17 game in the third or fourth quarter? Because y'all haven't had to have that this year. But we basically returned everybody. So we had those games last year. We had those games when, you know, Trace and Colin and them were freshmen. And, and you know, so we – so they – it's not like it's a brand-new team from last year to this year. So they have played in those type of games. They just need to kind of look back and – it was a year ago – but so I mean they have played in some of those games. So I think that I think sometimes that gets lost on people where they start talking about, you know, well, y'all haven't been tested yet, so what happens when y'all do get tested? Well, you know, we were tested last year a decent amount, especially those last three games between MacArthur, Midwest City, and then Guthrie. And I mean, that's on the back of everybody's mind. I mean, and that's one staff thing. and as like a as a program, I think the kids know that as yeah. well too, yeah. and uh, so we do the best job we can to simulate that in practice. You yeah, know? and you can only do so much. Everybody knows that, but uh, I don't know. We make sure that they're aware of that we're aware of that conditioning is always staying the same. You know, we're a pedal to the metal on that. Oh yeah, they were they were getting it today at the yeah. end of practice, pretty good. Yeah. Okay, throughout the whole season, you know, if we're out there playing in the state championship, hopefully uh, we're out there running in the cold. You know, the week of doing conditioning like we did the very first week of summer, you know, and that's the whole goal. Yeah. Do what you're doing in 110, hopefully when it's 30-something outside, yeah. you know. Let's move on to the special team player that we gave Dittmar. Yeah, uh, a senior that's been kicking for a long time and 
made all of his extra points, did what's asked of him, and uh, that's just uh, that's what needs to be done out of somebody that has a senior position like his, uh, something that's very important to the team, something that could come down in the end. You know, mm-hmm. you never know what one point could do, and uh, we just have to count on him to stay stay automatic, you know, keep doing things right. And uh, I've coached Gabe for a long time, and I know that we'll be able to depend on him in the end. Well, he's had a ton of better, too. I mean, yes, he's he, he's he's pretty consistent on extra points. He's had to kick a lot of them this year. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, all. He's got some practice, you yes, know. He's he got does. some practice. And going from a kid that we used to throw the football to, uh, to depend on to catch the football, to just getting to kick and focus on that in practice now, you yeah. know. And there for a few years, it was like, Gabe, we need you on scout team, too, you know. Yeah. And, uh to be a receiver, to do things. And in the past two years, he's kind of got to step back and just do the kick and roll, especially this year. And that's good. You know, we need that as a program. Well, and he's got a ton better, too, on the kickoff side of things. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, he's Being able to put that where we need where it. Where we need it, yeah. And then, he, and then every now and then when we ask him to kick deep, I mean, he's getting the ball to the end zone. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, when you make a team go 80 yards, I mean, that's pretty tough on a lot of high school offenses. And like I said, not only is he consistent on the extra points and things, but he's gotten a lot better in that in the in the kickoff side of things. And again, he's kicking off a ton because we're scoring so many points. You know who a kicker's worst enemy? I feel like is themselves, their well, mind. Besides that, <laughs> besides that, most definitely. But on the football staff, you would think, yeah, the special teams coach or the head coach. It's a defense coordinator. Yeah. The defense coordinator is a. Uh, Usually aren't too fine to kickers. Does a good job of making sure, like, hey, this kickoff needs to be down there. We don't want to start on the 40-yard line, you know, and uh, rightfully so, you know. Right. And uh, I don't know. There's a lot of pressure. People just see it as, oh, go kick the ball. It's not. Like, you need to put it where where it needs to be put or well, and it's, the bank's going to come get you. <laughs> and it, it's funny, too, because like you said, people think, yeah, oh, you're just kicking a football. But... You know, I mean, I know not many people have a tee, but go in your backyard, I mean, and try to kick football. It's hard. It's hard. And see how hard. Yeah. It's very hard when everybody's dependent on you to do it, too. Right. It's funny. Yeah, you always see athletes, oh, that you're just a kicker, and then they try and go kick an extra point, and it, you know, hits the center in the butt, or it goes backwards, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, a lot of things can go wrong in that whole operation. Oh, yeah. And, uh. Yeah, Gabe did a great, great, he's done a great job all season and will continue to do a great job. Let's move on to the Sharpen Your Axe Award, Chase Finchman. Yeah. Let me jump that off, though, because I remember, it like, in the, it was the first half, like, he's down there blocking, like, four to five different people, man. Crushed a dude right before yeah. yeah. Crushed him like, yeah. right on our sideline, and they kind of got a sympathy call right there. Yeah, that was not. called a hold, maybe. Maybe on somebody on the interior or maybe on Shea, but it was, I mean, the yeah, kick-out block where he just flattens a kid and you just roll across him, you know, where it's just not. <laughs> well, <laughs> realistically, yeah, three blocks, but at the end of the day, he also got the interception. The interception, yeah, I mean, was a just phenomenal individual athletic play the I coolest mean, one of the coolest high school plays i've ever seen yeah. you know and i just like you know something as a coach when you see it happen live i saw it batted up so man and then i knew shay shay caught it and i knew as soon as shay caught it i was like there's no way this dude's not gonna score this touchdown yeah. like there's no way he won't be dude can go man yeah like and like that's your what you've been waiting on as a lineman you know I, said, you wait, I mean the athletic ability to do i mean you're rushing you see it's a screen you stop you jump you tip it 
hand-eye coordination to catch it, and then you fight your tail off to get in. And then you throw volleyball. The, or something. Yeah, then, then you throw the ball forty yards in the air. <laughs> to me, that was the best part. I, I, uh, he, he, he scored. And referees, he got up. He needed that ball about. Yards into the air. Referee, referee. Sometimes when he does big guy touchdowns, we'll give him a little bit more slack than they will the Matt Luns. <laughs> yeah, I think we might have hate that one too. <laughs> if, uh, they would have threw it because it was such a phenomenal play, and he didn't do that to like celebrate. It was just like he did to celebrate, but not like it was, yeah, it was pure enthusiasm, yeah, and like juice and uh, hell, it's a lineman scoring a touchdown, like. Well, and I and, and I'm not on the sidelines during the game, but up in the booth, you can see. I mean, his joy and enthusiasm for playing. Um, I mean, he's constantly, not necessarily talking, but, you know, dancing and moving and, you know, oh, yeah. just alive, enjoying. You know? and, yeah. and if you know, like, him and his mom and his family, yeah. you know, the first thing I do is I go look in the stands to see Charlotte. So oh, yeah, she's in, yeah. And <laughs> everybody else yeah. is doing the same thing. They're congratulating her, and she's, you know, and just – Proud like she should be, and yeah. just a, just somebody that's going to celebrate like everybody else out in the stands that sees something fantastic like that. And Shay's just boy, well, like, and him, he, he he's got to be. We've talked about it a little bit with Trey Crabtree, and Shay's got to be in that conversation too. Most improved. I mean, he he was good last year. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but didn't play much on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, kind of spelled Jace every now and then, kind of in the middle there. Um, about and then played center. Probably our best, most improved. You know, yeah, when it comes to that aspect. Yeah, and then played center. And now kicking him out to to tackle has really made a big difference on the offensive line because his athletic ability to get out in front, like I said, on those kick out blocks or to pull him on some of those outside zone and counter plays. I mean, it's I mean it's a, it's a fun thing to watch um, because for his size and playing the position that he plays, he's so athletic. Um, and then on the defensive line, I mean. Him and Jack, I mean, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find two better in a, a tandem of those two uh, in the state no. uh, as good as those two. Uh, and, and Jay's plug in the middle. That's and, nasty right there. Yeah. And, and, I mean, when you look at them, too, neither of them really look like defensive linemen. No. Um, no, not at all. And and they find a way to – I mean, they, they use their quickness and their athletic ability more than brute strength. Um, but both of them are still super strong. And, you know – I think about a lot, and this is kind of a rabbit hole, maybe why I got a second, but I think about an athlete like Shea, and I'm like, man, what if Shea was like playing eight-man football somewhere? Like, yeah. what were they using? Quarterback. For? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would he be a quarterback? Would he be out there throwing dimes <laughs> and running down the sideline? Or, you know, it's just like the different – football is awesome in that way, you know, depending on where you play or like what you do. Like, he could do that somewhere. Like, he's athletic enough like that. Well, it, that's just a – that's my crazy rabbit hole. I well, but I mean, going back to the kind of the Matt Lund thing, I mean, there might be a coach down the road that looks at that and goes, hey, that could be a tight end. That could be a fullback. Because um, yeah. I mean, Shay's what? Two, 225, you know, 230, right. you know. Um, it, now he's got, the, he's got the frame to put some muscle on to play D-line or, or potentially offensive line in college. Um, but like I said, somebody may look at him, look at his athletic ability and go, 
hey, I could maybe make a fullback out of that. I could maybe make a tight end out of that. I, you know, and he's uh, kind of that hybrid. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you, you know, know I mean, not necessarily. I'm not saying like a you know a, an outside tight end, but you know, hand in the ground. Yeah, type type of tight end. If you're still kind of running an I formation type team or like that hybrid fullback slash. To be listening to this, you don't need to get no crazy ideas. Or no, I'm not saying we're gonna throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, to him. Just, we're definitely not gonna throw the ball to him anytime. No, <laughs> and uh, that's just uh, that's just a weird rabbit hole. Like I said, and like I think about the football. Like kids being athletes in different positions and what you can do and what kind of assets you are to your team, you know, yeah. depending on where you are position wise. You can make teams in the college level and whatnot being that big and athletic by playing special teams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, the, way, the more versatile you are, the better. In college, you can only dress out, you know, 50 something kids. So, I mean, the more versatile you are to play multiple positions to even have the athletic ability as an offensive lineman or defensive lineman to run down on kickoff or punt return or punt and anything like that. I mean, that helps you get on the field and stay in the dress squad. Um, yeah, lots, I mean, of, that's lots a, of like NFL special team dudes. Like, I like to look at them, yeah. look at their size and see what their stats are, you know, and you think in your old man mind, like, oh, all right, dude, you're 35 years old running down the field. and But you don't understand, like, those are – People that are finely tuned yeah. athletes that, you know, are highly trained and understand the game of football and they were star quarterbacks somewhere or star receivers somewhere right. or star linemen somewhere that have just developed into uh, other assets on the football field, you know. Well, I think it goes back to our coaches too, developing players, right? What you said earlier about no crazy <coughs> ideas, like you don't have to worry about none of that, I don't think, you know what I mean? No. And I, I think, I think, uh, a lot of the kids understand that, you know, the the, the development coming up, they, they understand where they're at. And they're, they're all team players. Like we've said multiple times on this podcast, they're happy for their, their teammates. Yeah. Like a touchdown, they're happy. Like y'all said, we have, what, 18? 18, 18 kids that have scored touchdowns. Yeah, yeah I mean, I that, that, like that's a big deal, bro. The thing well, if a coach asks you to move a position, too, and we talk, I think we talked about this last week with John, if a coach asks you to move a position, he's doing it because he sees something in you. To get you on the field. To get yeah. you on the field. Like I said, no coach is going to put you in a position that's not good for you. Because um, at the end of the day, we also talk about this is y'all's livelihood. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you and I a- think like some of the kind of piggybacks on all that whole thing, you're talking about the development of kids. Me and Chalmer were talking today just about our junior high and everything. And I was frustrated a little bit in our game last night. I felt like <clears throat> we got out-athleted, you know, maybe in some spots and not uh, – not out coached by any means or out strategized when it came to it. And I was just expressing some frustration about it. I don't like to lose, man. We lost right. every time. And uh, just, uh, but I say, you know what? Our kids can get in any formation on the field. They can run counter dive outside these basic plays out of any formation. And a lot of teams can't do that. You right. know? And the team that we played, you know, I kind of see them just saying, hey, you line up there, run this way, you know, and right. that is not going to translate mm-hmm. into a high school team that's developed and needs to be where they need to be. So yeah. you might have those three and four or four and four junior high seasons that are not like right where you want to be. But if you understand like the big picture and where you want to go, those kids are going to be better off in the long run. And most of the time, you know, well, that, and, and it's that, hard because you want to have success and you want to use your athletes right. But you do. You need to teach. But you're also building a program. Yes. So sometimes in those seventh and eighth grade games, and, and y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, you're putting kids in position. Be, you know, they may be better as a junior high 
you know, running back or whatever that position may be, but you're putting them in a different position because that's where you're going to train. That's where they translate to in a year or two from now on the varsity level. And you also look at it and go, Hey, I've got, you know, just, you know, I've got Braxton Antuna and Casey Meyer as freshmen already playing varsity. So, you know, this kid is a good, you know, Running back, but we're going to play more on the defensive side of the ball right now to develop him there because we're going to use him there in the next couple of years a little bit more. And that's part of building a pro. Yeah. Like I said, sometimes, like I said, on that junior high level, it's not necessarily, yeah, everybody wants to win, but sometimes it's not about the wins and losses. It's more about the development of did we get them better for the, the lights when they roll on on Friday night. Yeah, and mom and dad don't see that a lot, you know, and that's fine. And I get it, yeah. And I get that, too. Like, you do want to have success, and you want to keep kids around through success. And uh, then you get the development part where, well, my kid didn't play a a down this play. How's he getting – or this game, how's he getting better, you know? And you just – that happens, and it's going to happen because you just – there's things that kids got to develop – where we can trust them to get on the field in certain situations, no matter where the game's at, you know, and some kids can't do that yet. And uh, it's our responsibility as coaches not to put them on the field. Well, and you talked about the last time you were here with us. I mean, a lot of that also translates to come watch them from Monday through Thursday or whatever day, you know, on those practice days, you know, Um, some kids are not practice players. I get it, but you still have to put forth effort and you still have to, yeah. You know, fight and practice and, you know, do do things that you're asked of you. And a lot of it stems from there. Moving on. That's right, baby. To the Rough Rider of the Week, Jace Williams. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't want to be short on talking about Jason anyway because uh, he's one of them kids when you talk about Mike I soul with the selflessness. You know, he, he's the exact same way people don't realize, like, the double teams he takes on right. and the, the role he takes on the line, everything's super unsung with him, you know, and he's going to get his benefits down the road with his, uh, he's going to go play college football or wrestle or do bowl or do whatever he wants, like in that aspect, <coughs> because he's really good at being an unsung hero and doing like the jobs that are asked of him. And, uh, his talent showcases through all that, you know, he finds ways to showcase his talent in that way, but uh, it's never unnoticed like the unsung way, you know, and I I never, coaching staff never does. And uh, Jace doesn't need that, like that type of fulfillment out of us. But, uh, and and, like, we don't give him a ton of it, to be honest with you, because he's just that type of kid. We got to keep on that line, keep motivated, you know, not motivated, but keep, uh, next thing coming forward you know type yeah. thing and he uh he's fantastic dude jace is jace is awesome and uh he's also big beef dog yeah he is. he's one of them kids that like i've got to watch just a, for since fourth grade third grade you yeah. know and just growing up and doing things right and always believing what his coaches said and uh I don't know, Jared and, and Cynthia say it a lot. I know when they talk about us as coaches and say, boy, he'll run through a brick wall for you. And right. I, I know that. Right. I know that. I know he would do anything. He's tremendous with my kids. He's like a great like Christian example for kids too, like involved in the church. And it's not one of those things where, yeah, he's just drug along to church with his parents or stuff like that. No, like he's there doing just doing things like the right way, and uh, oh, he's umping little league games yeah, during the and, summer. And repping, you know, wrestling, I mean, and rep, he repped a little league football game for me on a Monday night uh, in Lawton earlier in the year. We played the Bison, and uh, 
went out there, refereed it, took some heat from some Lawton fans, right. you know, and uh, he's just, like, he's incredible, and, like, I make sure after that game, I want my boy to take a picture with him to see that, like, later on in life, like, when Jace is playing college football or in the freaking NFL or wrestling somewhere and being that, it's like, hey, man, he was this type of example for you, you know, this is what you want to do, you know? Well, and I urge, like you said, I mean, I urge our listeners to two or three plays on defense, just watch him. Because most people, when they come to the game, obviously they follow the ball. Yeah. But I urge you to just take two or three plays whenever we're on defense and he's on defense and just watch him. Right. Because he makes a decent amount of tackles from his nose position, but the beating he takes all game and the 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 people that he absorbs and consumes to allow Ritson and Colin and even Jack and Shay to a certain extent run free. Like I said, that goes back to the unsung part. Yeah, the um, attention he requires. Right, you know, right. As a, as like I mean, there's staff. times when I look up, and I mean, the guard, both guards in the center are, are and he's, you know, <laughs> grabbing two <laughs> iron cross with him. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, you know, so, I mean, that's three blockers now yes. that are just taken up. So you're going, how did Jack get there so easily? How did Ritson get back there for a 10-yard loss? Well, it's not that not that it's not that hard, but I mean it's not that hard to take off from your linebacker spot if you have an empty lane to run directly through. Um and then like I said, that's part of that unsung part that doesn't show up in the stats, doesn't show up. I mean, and that you know, and Ray Lewis, best linebacker probably ever played, will tell you. I mean, the best years he had was when Tony Saragusa was up front and just grabbed three different people so he could run free. And Jace right. does a lot of that during games. And like I said, that's why I urge our listeners to just watch it for two or three plays, and you'll have a better, you know, you'll have a better understanding of what he means to the entire defense. And, and then the same thing on the offensive line. Um, I mean, I know Rough Rider's kind of an offensive line deal. I mean, him and Keith on the left side, I mean, yeah, that's about as good of a left side of an offensive line you can find. I know we've said that a decent amount about a lot of our players, but, I mean, that's about as a good – I mean, definitely big, definitely size-wise. They come off the bus and you're like, oh, okay. When your offensive like player of the game is the line, but then you're the king of the line for the game, you yeah. know, like you must have graded good. And right. 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 You know? And uh, so that's that speaks volumes, I feel like. Yeah. Hey, so we're almost at that mark, Cody. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and jump into – Duncan, Duncan, dog, your hometown, brother. How's that Demons. Feel? How's that feel to not only be playing them but going to your hometown and playing them? I told uh, Chalmer and them today. I was like, I've been to Duncan and played a lot of junior high games and a lot of JV games and stuff. Like playing them in varsity, though, has always been at home. So this will be the first time to travel back on a Friday. Oh, and to be on the sideline and to actually play them since I was playing there. So that's kind of cool, you know. Well, that is pretty cool. That'll be good, and uh, they're kind of building some new stuff around there, so it'll be cool to see that. My dad still lives a couple blocks away, so hopefully sneak him out to the game, and <laughs> we'll give him a beat down, <laughs> beat down to the hometown, you know, and uh, that's fine. We need to go do that. We need to uh, we need to go over there and just handle business and do what we're supposed to do, and I feel yeah. like I feel like uh, I feel confident going into it. Like I feel like our kids probably do as well, but uh, it's still a football game. We got to take care of business yeah. and uh, 
go in there at the mindset that uh, this is a playoff game, this is a state championship, like we got to strap up and go, you know, and uh, that's that's just kind of where we're at. But, yeah, going back home is cool to play. Well, I mean, the bigger picture thing, I mean, yeah, that's an awesome deal to go back home. Uh, it really is. Like, um, I transferred in college, and, and, and my last ever win as a college quarterback was at my old school. Um, that's awesome. It's, it's, it's awesome to go back there and kind of look at everybody and, you know, give them the finger salute and on their way out or whatever else. But but big picture-wise, I mean, like I you said, <laughs> big picture-wise, I mean, obviously, we talked about it last week on, on the show, you know, the big one last week against Midwest City. And MacArthur, and obviously Midwest City handled things pretty easily there. Yeah. Uh, so now we're the only undefeated team in the district. Yeah. Um, and so that truly means, you know, we control our own destiny. So, um, you know, I know people have said, oh, you know, Duncan's lost to this team, that team. Y'all beat that team, this team, that team. I mean, it's not always transitive property of in a football game. I mean, every game is different. But um, if you were worried about that little – lackadaisical looking past the, 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 the opponents now that you kind of control your own destiny. I mean, that makes, that makes things a little bit, it, it's something that you can hang on to as a coach to kind of say, Hey, look guys, I mean, if we run the table for these next three weeks, I mean, we're the number one seed, you know, we're probably going in as a number, you know, two or three overall seed. Uh, and I get to get two games at home. Want to just control what we can control, right. you know? Right. And uh, that's exactly where we're at. Go in Friday night, control what we can control. Still have to play as hard as you can. Yeah. That's where the, the injuries come in is if you're out there yeah. playing preventative and not going 100,000 miles an hour. So, I mean, I know we'll strap up and be ready to go. I think they're a program that's uh, trying to rebuild and come back. I, uh, I didn't play for Matt Terry, but he was there at a point when my brother was there. My brother played for him, and my um, brother loved him, so he was a great coach. And he was an assistant to uh, Hollowell, was there at the time. and uh, So he was an assistant and came back as head coach? Yeah, okay. he was assistant there at Duncan, uh, like 2008 at time, you know. And uh, like I said, I don't really have a personal relationship with him, but my brother did. He's a good coach, you know, trying to get things going there. But... Uh, yeah, they've got some talent. I mean, they, yeah, they, I mean, said their record doesn't necessarily indicate it, but I mean, I know the the big quarterback from last year kind of plays multiple positions this year. Uh, they move him around some, still plays some quarterback, but also plays some running back and tight end and some other things. And then the quarterback they have is a freshman. But he's a super. I mean, he's their quarterback, but he's also their deep returner on kickoff. So <laughs> that just yeah. to show what kind of athlete yeah. he is. Um, so if he gets in the open field, I mean that 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 could cause some problems. But like I said, I mean, I think if we play. Iowa football the way we've played in 2023, we should walk out of there um, with a pretty good victory and and roll into to next week against MacArthur being senior night and 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 all the festivities that will accommodate with that and uh, and like I said, I mean, hey, we can control our own destiny. I mean, you're seven weeks into the season, you can still say you control your own destiny. That that's exactly where you want to be. Yeah. Um, and and this is kind of where we planned to be at this point in the season, and and everything has has kind of worked out the way that we anticipated and wanted, and and just got to keep the train rolling. You got it. Uh, final words, Cody. Uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, kind of something on the wrestling side. If anybody's looking to go compete this weekend from my club or anywhere around, they're having a takedown tournament in Comanche. My brother's running. Uh, 
it's the Noah Noah Pressgrove Memorial Takedown Tournament. Uh, Noah was a wrestler that Casey had last year that was killed in an incident down in uh, down in Comanche earlier uh, in the fall here, and uh, it's just supporting a good cause and a good family and uh, just a good program over there. Casey does a good job running that program and. Uh, just an opportunity to go compete so if you're looking for that you can uh, sign up comanche wrestling just find it and uh, go compete this weekend final words for me just continue to take care of business um like i said I mean, at this point in the season we control our own destiny and that's exactly where you want to be so um it's the next week into the potential 14 week you know journey and this is week eight of it and and we're right where we want to be, so just can't have any stumbles or hiccups between now and and, and our ultimate goal. So um, just play our owl, up to the owl standard that we've 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 laid out in 2023, and I think we'll we'll take care of business, and and then we'll be able to have some fun and and talk about next week's big one yes, against MacArthur, and uh, and then also good luck to to you, coach. <laughs> In the first and second grade team, hopefully we can take down Tuttle and, right, and make it into that Super Bowl. So I'm you're going right to now practice. Get on the grind. Get on the grind. <laughs> Go out. Go out. You can't make it to Duncan. Watch us. We'll be live at 630 on Oklahoma Sports Network, and uh, we'll have kickoff at 7. You'll hear me go, woo, hopefully a lot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. That's what I hear. <laughs>